and welcome back to Season 2 of the Top 5 Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Mitras. This is the podcast where every week, and we never miss a week, a guest comes on the show to talk about their top five whatever they want to talk about. Top five reality shows, top five ventriloquists, top five worst Jeffs. Today we have a big guest on our show. It's a big get for us. It's a big deal. We have a director, a musician, a YouTube star, a bald, sexy, sexy man. Today on the show we have someone I've known for far too long, longer than I want to talk about, and someone who has inspired me daily to do weird shit and make other people watch it. Alan Abulencia is on the show. How are you, Alan? Hi. I'm great. That's good. Fantastic. Alan, you've picked a subject that I think has really united our friendship for the last few years. What subject did you choose? Best Worst Movies. All right. That's How, not the room. That's not the room. We had to be specific about this. Because Tommy Wiseau's The Room wins automatically, so that's like you can't even have that on the list. It is the best worst movie. Alan, how would you define a good bad movie? It's a movie that – because there's movies like Sharknado, which I absolutely hate, that are like purposefully trying to make something ridiculous and dumb and – like it's bad on purpose. Oh, actual good, bad movie, like or a good be- best worst movie, is a movie that was trying so hard to actually like be something, and then it just turns out to be just one big joke failure. I think authenticity is a big part of it. To be trying to make a good movie, yeah, and just miss that mark. Because mm-hmm. no one, no one wants to see someone fuck up on purpose. Everybody knows that, even though Tommy Wiseau can say it, he's, oh, it was supposed to be a, a dark comedy. That is a lie. He was trying to make a drama and he failed. Okay, so we're gonna use the room since it is inarguably the best worst movie ever, and everyone knows it. And everyone's seen it. We're gonna use that as an example for our bad movie. Would you like to very briefly describe the room? Sure. I have to burp. Okay, do that. Can you cut this out? No, we leave in all burps, and I I edit out the burps and then save them. Okay. So I have audio files of all the guests burping. Okay. That wasn't bad. Um, Let me just... (laughs) So The Room, uh, where do I begin with this? um, It was produced, directed, written, and starring the great... uh, New, New Orleans uh, actor, <laughs> Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau, who is more than likely from another planet as opposed to New Orleans. Yeah. That's where he says he's from. So basically an amateur director, an amateur. Yeah, he, he had he had zero like experience working on a film before. And the budget for the movie was like $6 million because he insisted on buying all of the equipment instead of renting it. Yeah, so an amateur wrote directed, starred, and poured his little heart into what has become widely known as the worst movie ever made. Yes. But it's also one of the greatest movies ever made. And that is a triumph. Mm-hmm. Because The Room inadvertently achieves something I don't think any other movie does. And it's 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 a, a film with passion and comedy and football and an actor who clearly has a concussion. 
And Spoons. Spoons. It's a movie that has so many non sequiturs that it's almost impossible to piece together a plot other than, man, that lady's evil. The movie inspired um, a book based on the making of it, and then a movie about that book based on the movie exists now. Yes, now a movie about the making of The Room, a movie so bad, James Franco made a movie about it. He did. Franco I knows his stuff. I could go on for a very long time about how many like differences there were between that movie and then the actual making of the movie. I haven't seen the the movie, the the document or not document. You've read the book though. I've read the book. I haven't seen the biopic. Uh, they changed a lot in the movie. Yeah. The book the book is more accurate to what was actually going on. I have a personal uh, vendetta against James Franco right now. Um, uh, he did something so gross, I couldn't even do a story of it on the other podcast. Because I'm like, no one wants to hear this. That's gross and weird, and I hate it. And he's a bad person. Um, it's good to know. Yeah, so look that up, everyone. Alan, we've come to a part where I have to ask, what is your number five best worst movie? It is the uh, 2010 instant classic, Birdemic. Oh, Birdemic. Now, I think Birdemic toes the line between legitimate bad movie and were they trying to be bad? What do you think? I think with the first one, they were trying to make a good movie. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Birdemic 2 came out and the director like realized that he made just a garbage film and he went out of his way to make a garbage film the second time around. But the first time around, he, he had a message and he was actually trying to like make something real. If you could quickly sum up the plot of Birdemic. Uh, global warming caused a bunch of really bad CGI birds <laughs> to uh, kill people. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that was the reason the birds are killing people. <laughs> yep. So we've had very good birds killing people movies. You know, the birds. That's the, the birds, yeah. yeah. A great film. And they thought... You know what? We can do that better. We can one-up Hitchcock here with CGI birds that only flap it, in one. It's like it wasn't even like CGI. It's like they got um, you know, if you if you like YouTube like bird green screen, you can find a clip of a bird flapping its wings. It's like they just imported a bunch of green screen like animated birds, and they just float around on the screen, and it's like so obvious they're not actually there. It reminds me of old Angel Fire websites where there'd be like a flaming skull in the corner. The birds, the birds are literally, they're literally an animated GIF. Yeah, they are. They are. Or GIF for those assholes who are going to are yell at me for pronouncing it oh, wrong. Oh, you can come after us on Twitter if you want to play that GIF game. You can go right to hell. Is I say dra- GIF, uh, and I don't give a fuck graphics what interface. I forgot exactly. what GIF stands for, but start G is for graphics, not graphics. It's true. All right. So. Anyway, we got distracted. What happened? <laughs> so, so what makes Birdemic so bad, other than the CGI birds? Uh, the actors are not very good. Okay. Uh, the delivery is just the worst. Like the the one of the opening scenes is this is guy walking down like a sidewalk, and he has like the most not. Uh, he looks like he's like planning something like he looks suspicious when he's walking mm-hmm. but he's, he's supposed to be like casually walking that's just an example of how bad like the acting is in that movie. they couldn't even walk right yeah. the audio is horrible like there's oh, a yes. restaurant scene and like it's just 
all you hear is like reverb where there shouldn't be reverb. Now, what did the characters in the movie use to defend themselves against the oh, birds? Oh, yeah. You know, when you need you need, you need a good weapon to uh, fight off the birds, uh, what's the first thing you think of, Taylor? Well, I think of just opening my closet and pulling out whatever's in there. Yeah, like a clothes hanger, for example. Yeah. <laughs> we got we got to keep these birds off us with clothes hangers. <laughs> There's probably like a million things in that room that could be a way better weapon, but they went with clothes hangers. They were in a hotel Wire room. Wire frame clothes hangers. What they could have done was take the sheets off, put something heavy inside, swing that around. They could have taken oh, out yeah. a bird. Put some bars of soap in there. Yeah. Yeah. Throw the bars of soap at the birds. Literally well, this anything. Takes, this takes place in a universe where a bird's biggest weakness is the clothes hanger. I mean, they were definitely scared to attack, and not because they only had one movement, and that was flap the wings. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. It's, it's been a while since I've seen that one, and honestly, it's almost so bad that I can't we watched, rewatch it. We watched it at, 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 at your parents' house, and we were very drunk during the entire thing. I, I bought remember the, that. I bought it when it came out. I bought the Blu-ray, because the Blu-ray was cheaper than the DVD, which blew my mind. It's out on Blu-ray. Oh, God. You know, a lot of movies <laughs> in the Hitchcock collection not on Blu-ray yet, but all right. Um, and, I th- so, Birdemic has created a modern cult following similar to The Room. Oh, yeah. the uh, Just like Tommy Wiseau from The Room, the director who... I forgot his name. He's a foreign s- guy. Some Asian guy. Uh, does the same thing that Tommy does. He tours around the, around the world with his movie and like, actually goes to screenings. And he fully embraces... like He even like brings like a clothes hanger and like poses with it in photos and everything. Oh. It's a weird way to make a living. It's like, it's popularity is like right underneath the room, pretty much. I would say, so. I think when people think of what are the best, worst movies, it's usually The Room, number one, Birdemic, number two. <clears throat> but you're throwing it at number five, which means you better have some good shit coming up. Oh, there's better stuff than Birdemic. Right. Birdemic was a, was, a, was a fun experience, but it's not one of the ones that I find myself watching multiple times. No, no. I think like the room, yeah. I've seen the room like fifty thousand times. I own it on two different formats. I have two copies of it on DVD because uh, Amazon decided to send me two instead of one on accident, oh. and then I have the, and I have the Blu-ray. I keep a, my DVD in the car in case I have to show it to people. At oh, yeah, you never, yeah, you never know when you need to whip out the room. You never know. You never know. I keep two movies in my car: Bubba Hotep and and the Room. That's a good one. All right. But yeah, right. Birdemic, you don't need to whip that out. That's just, that's just, if you're desperate to watch something terrible, then there's that one. You heard it here, folks. Alan says, don't whip out your Birdemic. Leave it yeah, in your pants. It. Exactly. Keep it inside. All right. Yes. Are you prepared for my number five? Because I don't think yes. anyone is. <laughs> what is your number five? My number five is the 1989 classic Snake Eater 2, The Dream oh my Buster. God. Yes. I forgot about that movie. So Snake Eater I have that on DVD, too. <laughs> How? <laughs> I have all three of them. Oh my god! I have the third one, which is the, the worst. The third one is a softcore porno. It's like is, not even. Yeah, I think it's, it's a Skinamax movie. It it is. It really is. It's just what it feels like. All right. So Snake. Yes, the second one. Definitely Snake the best Eater one. Two. Definitely the best one. Is or the worst. The story of Lorenzo Lamas, who plays a a, a man named Soldier Kelly. His first name mm. is Soldier. 
I totally know, forgot about this movie. Do you know what his profession is, Alan? Uh, he doesn't eat snakes, does he? Uh, well, he's a cop. So I don't know why he's That's a right. snake eater. I don't know why his name's Soldier. Do I, they think, ever even, I don't even know if they ever explained why he's called Snake Eater. I think maybe something in the first movie. I oh, didn't yeah, I see remember. it. I, I watched it once. I have no memory. So Lorenzo Lamas teams up with a black superstar, Larry B. Wilson, you remember him as the black nerd from Revenge of the Nerds? Revenge of the Nerds. Yep. That's the only Speedboat. thing I know from. When you got Speedboat? He was named Speedboat. Yeah. Because everyone has a cool name in this. Snake Eater and Speedboat. So, <laughs> There's only one scene in that movie that I actually remember. Is it when Speedboat shoots the shotgun, but he holds the gun weird? Oh, wait, yeah, that part with the, the, the wheelchair fight. <laughs> so I, the only scene i remember i had this movie in mind and i had forgotten about most of it and i was consistently impressed by how weird it got so lorenzo lamas attempts to take out some drug pushers by himself by throwing a grenade at him he gets rescued very briefly by speedboat who comes out of an alley with a bowler hat a long red raincoat trench coat and his shotgun, which he holds with his My clock's doing a thing, sorry. Like, what is that? This <laughs> fucking giant grandfather clock in the dining room right here. It's, it's time to... Uh, it it only sorry. goes off once a millennium, and it goes off for a full year. Okay, it's done. You can go okay. back. So he holds his shotgun by taking his hand, putting it on the metal barrel, and firing it, which I assume would burn your hand off. Anyway. Yeah. So... At some point, oh god, Lorenzo Lamas gets put in an insane asylum where he meets a lot of fun character actors. But to prove that he's cool, they put him, they take him up, the ins, the inmates take him up to the roof, put him in a because, wheelchair. Because, you know, that's how easy it is to get out of the roof in, in prison. These guys come and go like it's a Holiday Inn. They have yeah. no barriers. Weird. No one works there. It's just a bunch of guys hanging out. He has yeah. sex in it at the end. It's weird. And one guy is clearly Groucho Marx. So they get in a wheelchairs with like one foot sticking out. And him and another huge guy have to have a wheelchair fight where they the try roof. to kick each other off of the... It's uh, it's, the, uh, it's the one scene I remember. Like I really remember. And then yeah. I kind of forgot the rest of the movie. Yep. Um, they, they have a big standoff with a drug lord in a mansion where... He keeps killing them with like Ewok traps, like like a like a like a you know tree will come down and smash someone in the face, and you're like, when did he have time to rig that up? And then at the end, he he traps a bunch of guys into a room, takes a huge sack of cocaine and blows it in through the the HVAC system until they get uh-huh. all covered in cocaine and they they die. He cocaines them to death. I definitely need to rewatch this one. It is worth. A this is re-watch. one that's definitely worth a rewatch. I think. I think it's. Worth, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't watched it since college. It's no, neither have I. I had to watch. That it. was ten years ago. It's on YouTube. Everyone, half this shit's on YouTube. Just watch it. Trust me. Don't watch the other ones. Just watch Snake Eater Two. You do not need to yeah, see the first one to follow the second one. No, it's never mentioned. <laughs> it's just it's the same guy, but there's like nothing. In the first one, that that's important. I think it was another one of those movies, like you know, Die Hard Three, where it was written as a standalone, and then they just worked it into something else. 
Yeah, like it wasn't originally supposed to be a Die Hard movie, if no. I yeah, remember. It was not, uh, which is why it doesn't. And they're just like, hey, let's make this a Die Hard movie. Yeah, that's why it's not on. Christmas. Although it's my favorite movie in the series. It's got Sam Jackson in it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Alan. What is your number four best first movie? You ready for this? I'll never be ready. Troll 2. Oh, shit, son. Let's talk about Troll 2. Yes, let's talk about it. <laughs> okay. Another movie I haven't watched in forever, but... Uh, give me... I used to watch it all the time. Give me the plot to Troll 2, briefly. Wasn't it like these guys, like... This family goes on vacation in this town called Nilbog, mm-hmm. and they discover that these goblins are, like, plant zombies or whatever, or the people, the people turn into plants... And then the goblins eat the plants because they're vegetarian uh, right, cannibals right. or something like that. Yeah, the only vegetables, so they have to turn the people into vegetables so they can eat the people. And the town is called Nilbog, which is goblin spelled backwards. <gasps> Nilbog that, is goblin spelled backwards. I believe the writers deserved an Oscar for that. Absolutely. What a plot twist. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> it was like... It would have been funny if there was like a joke on the whole like red rum thing from The Shining, but... I don't even know. I they don't even were, know if they were thinking about that when they made. They were dead serious. So what? What is so bad about Troll Two? Oh God. Um. Well, it's a sequel to a movie about trolls that has nothing to do with trolls. How many trolls are in Troll Two? None. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> They're all troll, goblins. Troll, troll One had trolls. Troll Two is goblins. So it's like a sequel to a movie that has nothing to do with the first movie. It's nothing to do with the first one. Yeah. The first no, one's pretty bad, too. I haven't not seen on it. The same level. It's not on the same level. I know when you try to buy Troll 2, you usually have to buy Troll 1. Yeah, it's a DVD set of Troll 1 and 2. There's also a Troll 3. What? And that one is another movie that has nothing to do with any other movies, but they use the same, uh, I think it's the same goblin costumes from the second one. Mm-hmm. So they just released it as Troll 3, even though it's not a troll movie. Interesting. But it goes with the it fits with the rest of the series because none of the movies have anything to do with each other. Hey, Alan, am I, are you, I'm getting a little echo on myself. Are you catching that? No. Hmm, maybe it's me. All right. You sound fine to me. It just stopped right as I said it. Oh, okay. All right, that was weird. Leave that in. Okay. <laughs> Only because you said so. All right, so... Give me, oh my God, Troll 2, it's so much. Troll 2 was also, before The Room really gained popularity, it was also known as the best worst movie for a while. Oh, it has a documentary. And that movie had a documentary, which is called The Best Worst Movie. Yeah, I think... And that's another case of the director of the film, not, like, at first, he went out of his way to make a really serious movie. And although, unlike Tommy Wiseau, where Tommy Wiseau was able to like take the humor and take the and get and he obviously got that the film was a joke the director of tool of troll 2 got really like a, like offended mm-hmm. and he just he hated that everyone hated his movie and he didn't understand why people didn't like his movie it's so, it's so silly yeah all right so, and, no, i'm a serious director this is a serious movie the serious movie troll 2 and you can't piss on seriousness just youtube just, ah that's a good that was a good that was thank a good you. reference thank you you get points for that thank you um, Alan, I don't want to get too much into Troll 2 because, spoiler alert, it's also on my list. And we're going to end up talking oh, about it again. Oh, shit. You'll have to see where that comes on my list. Alrighty. All right. Are you ready for my number four? 
is a troll too. It's not troll too. <laughs> okay. What is it? It's the 2006 classic, The Wicker Man. Oh my God. With <gasps> Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Can oh. I just tell you my number three right now? Is it The Wicker Man? It is. Uh, I, was it 2006? I feel like it was 2008. I looked it up just a minute ago. It was 2006. Oh, you're right. Yes. My uh, my number three was the 2006 with The Wicker Man. Okay. All right. So my number four, your number three. You know what? Yes. That goes in order. All right. That's why I said I might as well just tell you now. Cause you might as well. All right. So This fucking movie. <laughs> the Wicker Man is a remake of a 70s British 1973 movie. movie which the original is not bad it's okay it's not terrible it's kind of fun yeah I mean, it's not fun it's kind of serious. i mean it's it's still it's still like bad but it's not yeah. it's not 2006 wicker man bad it's valid so it's been a while since see this remind me nick cage goes to an island in it's England. an island and I totally forgot why he goes to the island. I think he's trying to solve a murder. Oh, yeah, he's like a detective or something. Yeah, he's trying to solve a murder, and he gets mixed up with these, like, pagan... Uh, it's crazy, like, cult Crazy cult that, people that yeah. that are into... Um, he also cult. really wants to know what's in a bag, and he's he thinks it might be a shark in a bag. What? There's the famous line, like, there's a one line in the movie where, uh, I forgot, he, it was like, there was some, I don't know who he was talking to, but the line was, uh, what's in the bag, a shark or something? Like, that's immediately, like, out of anything that could be in this, in this little bag, he immediately goes, is it a shark? I have no memory of that, because all I can remember is Nick Cage punching women. It happens a lot. Oh, yeah. That is more memorable than, than the part I remember. He comes down some stairs, yells at this lady, and she doesn't tell him what he wants, so he just knocks her out. I'm like, what? Why did you knock out Grandma? He the goes, movie is it's just like the best example of Nick Cage going crazy. It's like they just let him do whatever they want, and there was no yeah. director. There was no one to be like, hey, should we reel it in? They're just like, Nick, you got to get that bike from that little girl. And he's like, okay, and he pulls out his gun. He's like, give me the bike. It's also very realistic because you know that whenever you get attacked by bees, you always got to yell, the not, the bees, bees, not, not the bees, not the bees. So there's a scene in this movie, and it's not always on the highlight reel, but Nick Cage is trying to blend into their ceremony, so he puts on a full bear costume. Oh, yeah. And he's a man in a bear costume, and he runs up. He has to punch this woman because that's what he loves. So he's running to, to hit her, and instead of being like a closer shot or like a shot that looks kind of chaotic, it's like a crane shot. So all you see is this little figure of Nick Cage running as fast as he can across way too much distance for way too long in a bear suit until he eventually gets this woman and punches her out. Yes. So, so what what is your reason that this makes it to the list? Uh, it's really just, I wanted to put a Nick Cage movie on there because Nick Cage is, is one of those actors that is just so over the top ridiculous. And he, this movie was just like the best example of crazy Nick Cage and he, just this, just him yelling like how to get burned and the bees. How to get burned. How to get burned. It's very quotable. That's probably why it's, 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 it's an incredibly quotable film. It is. And I think you can say not the bees to just about anyone and they'll, they'll understand. Yeah, most people will know that it's a, that it's a Nick Cage quote. I feel like more people know what that is than who than have actually seen the movie. 
I will agree to that because when I rewatched it for this, I had forgotten almost all of it to the point where I'm not sure if I'd actually seen the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember all these parts. I remember him doing all these things. And then I'm like, I don't remember any of the peripherals or, like, cartilage of this movie. I don't remember how he got there. I don't remember why he was there. I'm like, all I remember is the bees. And This I, was actually, like, the, the last movie that I put on my list. Yeah. Like, I was just, like, I was trying to think so hard, like, what's a, another fucking movie I can put on the list? And The Wicker Man just popped in my brain. And I still have to rewatch it. I think... Can I admit that I did, like, no research? Yeah, you can. I mean, you'd probably get away with not saying it, but but I'm glad that's you can cut, you, you can cut it out. Honestly, on the scale of Nicole Doherty to Steve Roselli, you're somewhere in the middle for research. Because these episodes are... This show's a lot lopsided. This is some inside <laughs> baseball. You guys don't need to know how much research everyone does. But I will let you know, Steve Roselli has a notebook just for this. I don't have the energy to write in a notebook. I didn't have one, and I'm the host. (laughs) So The Wicker Man, I think, could have been just like a mediocre movie. Like, it seems like just kind of like a mild, mediocre movie. But Nick Cage... If it was anyone else besides him, it wouldn't be on this list. If this was a Keanu Reeves movie, it would just get swept on the rug. We'd never remember it. But because Nick Cage really just tears it up for the whole movie... It, it instant classic indeed it is it is very classic so that's my four and your three which means okay i do one more and then we get a break okay. yeah you still gotta do your three okay so my three my three is super mario brothers 1993 oh my god yeah i didn't think about that one. Oh, buddy i actually i, I like that movie a lot <laughs> i love this movie it has almost nothing to do with Super Mario, but I love the world they created. I love how they took... I mean, this movie came out in 93. I don't even think Super Mario World was out yet. Um, I have no idea when that, when that game came out. I don't either. So this is the story of... They had to take... The it was story the first like real video game movie. So. Absolutely. Because They, they didn't really then? know what they were doing back then. No, and they're trying to flesh out the story of a plumber who jumps on mushroom men and occasionally throws bombs at people and stuff. Goes and down like, pipes and goes down pipes and occasionally rides a dinosaur. And they're and they're like, oh, okay, so that was Super Mario World. Okay, so this was after Super Mario World. That's not a lot to go on to make a feature film with Oscar award-winning actor Bob Hoskins, <laughs> or perhaps and the great. John Leguizamo. Or Oscar Didn't winning. he also win an Oscar? I think John Leguizamo has one for something. I don't know what it is. But Dennis Hopper has one. He's also in this. Oh, yeah. He's he's King Koopa. No, he was nominated for a Golden Globe. John Leguizamo? Yeah, he does not have an Oscar. Oh, that's a shame. Someone he should, though, because he's a good actor. He doesn't have one for The Pest. Oh, yeah, that, that movie? That oh, yeah. fantastic film? Yeah. So, these are huge names for a terrible movie. And, and, all right. So this movie is a story of the Mario brothers, Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. Luigi Mario. Which is a weird choice. Uh, trying to save Princess Daisy, not Princess Peach, uh, from 
And that because like Nintendo wouldn't give them the rights to that character or something like that. Uh, I was under the impression it's because she ends up with Luigi at the end. That's true. But did Princess Daisy in the games exist before that movie? I don't know. Because I don't, I don't, I mean, I have no Princess Daisies in the games. But I don't remember her being in a game before that movie came out. Yeah, I'm really not sure. It's very, con- it's weird. Was she in the one, maybe she was in Super Mario 2? Because, no, that was Peach. No, that was Peach, yep. Huh. No, weird. Anyway, yeah. So, they get sucked into the gritty underworld of New York City where dinosaurs evolved into humanoids as opposed to monkeys. It's like an alternate dimension. Uh, The whole alternate reality thing is really cool, and I like just the scenery in that movie. Oh, is awesome. The world they create, this like weird, gross it's not Blade at all Runner like Mario, New York. But it looks no, great. no, it's almost nothing to do with Mario. It it's so good. They all drive around on weird electric go karts. The Goombas and the the like Koopa Troopers are just giant like blocky people with like tiny lizard heads. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. And the idea is they got de evolved to turn into that. Yeah, uh, it's very cool, and it's it's all about what turns into what, and, and how grossed out Koopa, who's a T Rex, turned into. Yeah, Dennis they don't Hopper. call him. They don't call him Bowser in the movie. No, they don't. He's King. They call Koopa him King, the King Koopa. I think that's that's what he was called in the uh, American cartoon, also. I think that's why they call him King. They call him King Koopa in the cartoon. Koopa, yeah, Koopa, you are Goomba. Be proud, Goomba. Um, and it's such. It's such a weird punk dinosaur world that they create that nobody asked for. They have all the characters there, too. Oh, yeah. And Bob Hoskins is an amazing Mario. In my head, when I think of Mario, I think of Bob Hoskins. Yeah, that, that came out. Um, the writers of the film obviously watched the cartoon because Bob Hoskins is like a, it's a Brooklyn pl- plumber in the yeah. cartoon and in the movie, but... In like the later video games, he's a, an Italian man, like with an actual Italian it's accent. It's me, it's a Mario. Yeah. Instead, he's like, "Hey, it's me, Mario." Is that yeah? I'm plumbing was, fucking pipes. It was weird when he said "fucking." So Lou Albano was Mario in the cartoon. Yeah, the wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's, it still kind of stands up, <laughs> like as a movie. I, I watch it every once in a while, and I still enjoy it. There's a lot of fun times in it, and. It is Honestly, I don't, I don't think it's actually a bad movie. I think it's just people like to complain about it because it has like almost nothing to do with Mario. But if you were to like go into that movie without even having the video game in your mind and just watch it as its own thing, I think it holds up pretty well. You know what? At that point, I think it would just be remembered as a super weird movie. It, it is a very weird movie, for sure. It'd be like a Repo Man kind of weird, you know? That was the... Uh, who was in that movie? Um, that was, uh, uh, was that Coach, that, Coach Bombay? Was that, um, Emilio Estevez? Emilio Estevez, yeah. I almost said Charlie Sheen. I'm like, that's not right. That's not right. It's close. It's close. close yeah. All right. We're going to go to our first break now, and we'll okay. be right back. I'll see you soon. All right. Welcome back to Top 5. We're here to bring you 
your final two here with Alan Ebulencia, the magnificent, the sexy Alan Ebulencia. Alan, we're talking about best worst movies, and we're up yes. to number two. What is your number two best worst movie? I had a hard time deciding on. So I went. I knew. I knew I wanted to have a certain film from this certain director, but I couldn't think. It took me a while to figure out what movie I wanted to pick. So I went with his most popular film. I went with uh, Edward D. Wood Jr.'s Plan 9 from Outer Space. Plan 9. What was, until the room, considered universally the best worst movie? For Yeah, for many, many years. For, jeez, 60 1950, years? 1959 is when it came out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So for almost 50 years, absolutely best worst movie. Ed Wood, the director, is one of my biggest influences when it comes to filmmaking. Is that a good uh, thing? I don't. I mean, my, my my films are terrible, so you know <laughs> you can see where the inspiration comes from. I specifically did not put any of your movies on the list, but I did think about it. <laughs> you thought about it. I really thought about it, but I'm like, "We're all gonna die." Is could easily be number one on the list. Oh yeah, we'll talk about that. All yeah, right, we'll do that afterwards. So, but uh, what is yeah, Plan Nine about? It's it's one of the early zombie movies, actually. Um, Definitely pre- it has, has aliens. Pre Night of the Living Dead, for sure. Oh, by a few years. By 10 years. Yeah. I think, roughly. I think 69 was when Night of the Living Dead came out. I don't remember. But uh, aliens uh, want to take over Earth, and they decide the best way to do that is to uh, bring exactly two zombies to life. <laughs> they picked some good ones, though. Tor Johnson, Tor Johnson and Vampire Eye. <laughs> and the, uh, the production the of the done. movie is hilarious. Okay. If anyone has not seen uh, Tim Burton's Ed Wood, it is the best biopic that has ever been made. And I also think it's Tim Burton's best movie. It is Tim Burton's best movie. And it is just, it's just it's about the life of Ed Wood, and it goes through a, the making of all his movies, including Plan 9. And the production, the behind all the, the behind the scenes of that movie is hilarious, and or all of Ed Wood's movies, really. Ed Wood did not like to do multiple takes, so almost everything you've seen in Plan 9 was done in one take. And it shows. <laughs> like when doesn't Tor get stuck like in a hole? There's, there, there's the out scene of a grave? where he, he's rising from the grave, and uh, he's trying to push himself up out of the grave. And in the, in the making of the movie, he couldn't. He didn't have the strength to pull himself up out of the grave, and he kept falling in. Because he's enormous. So, yeah. So I think it, if they had to end up like like actually like lifting him out of the, I don't. I forgot how they did it, but I think yeah, the they. Cop- they, they the cop characters like Cops, like buy him, and, and he's yeah. kind of trying to pull him. But yeah, they, they had to, like he could he could not get out of the hole, and it shows. You could tell when you watch the movie that he's struggling so hard to rise from the grave. Also, Bella Lugosi's last film. Yes, well, technically, his actual last like completed film was Bride of the Monster. Right, right, right. But the last and film, he all the scenes of and... yeah, it's credited as as Bella Lugosi's final film, even though he's barely in it. Yeah. The story behind that's really cool because, um, or interesting. Uh, Ed Wood had shot some random scenes, like B-roll footage of Bela Lugosi, because he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a movie and I'm gonna write it around these scenes that you're in." And it's him just like standing by a grave and like throwing flowers on the ground and walking by a house. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Bela Lugosi goofing around on a Super Eight. It's camera. literally a, it was, like he he shot these scenes with no story in mind whatsoever, and he was a, and he and Ed Wood worked it around and fit it into his movie. And then um, to complete 
the Belagosi character, there were more. There's actually more scenes of um, Edward's chiropractor, <laughs> who he noticed had like the same forehead and head top as Belagosi. <laughs> so you see any any scene of Bella that you see in Plan Nine where he's walking with his cape over his face, which is like ninety percent of uh, Belagosi's scenes. That's not Belagosi. That is uh, Edward's chiropractor. <laughs> there was there was a great scene in the the Edward biopic where. Where they're like, yeah, he does look a lot like Bella Lugosi. And one of the guys goes, have him call Karloff a cocksucker. And we'll see if he sounds like him, too. Oh, like, yeah. That really does sum up Bella Lugosi pretty well. Fuck Karloff. Karloff? That asshole doesn't deserve to smell my shit. <laughs> and, and, and that was one of the things that they, like, changed. In real life, uh, Bella Lugosi was not, like mad at, at Boris Karloff for anything. No, there was no they there was no actual rivalry. Yeah. I think and actually, there's a Hollywood um, made up rivalry. Yeah, I think uh Bela Lugosi played the Frankenstein monster in House of Frankenstein, I think. I, I believe it was House of Frankenstein. Cuz yeah, that was the fourth one. Son of Frankenstein was the last one to have Boris Karloff. And yeah. Most a lot of people don't realize is that okay, so in House of Frankenstein, Bela Lugosi's version of the monster was supposed to be blind. And he's the one that walks with his arms way out in front, which when people mimic the monster, they walk like that. Whereas Boris Karloff walked with his arms down to his side. You're right. And I never noticed that. Most most people do the out front walk with his arms out front. And that was it's actually them imitating the Bela Lugosi monster instead of the, the Boris Karloff monster. You're right. And right. even in like old Bugs Bunny cartoons, he does. He walks with his hands yep. out. Because he was supposed to be blind, but they actually cut that out of the movie. So they don't actually mention in House of Frankenstein, that the monster is blind. Oh. So people used so people criticized Bela Lugosi for his portrayal of the monster because they're like, why is he walking like such an idiot? And then they didn't realize that his character character was supposed to be blind. Wasn't Bella was also he played Igor for a while, and I thought he was, his he was Frankenstein. He was Igor and Son of Frankenstein. That's it. And I could have sworn that in House of Frankenstein, he was Igor's brain inside of Frankenstein's body. I would not be surprised if that's what it was. I don't actually remember. I it was something but that, like that. That's totally that totally could be it. Yeah, he was great as Igor. And people, yeah, people forget that Igor was Belagosi because they know like Igor from Young, Young Frankenstein. <laughs> Igor, and for most, sure. most people think of uh, Fritz from yeah, the first Frankenstein the first movie. Who not was Igor. Not, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's more of a villain as Igor than Fritz was. Fritz was a nothing. Honestly, I could probably talk about the Frankenstein movies more than any of these bad movies on our list. <laughs> oh, yeah. You kidding me? I got the I whole so collection. Much, I have so much like stuff about those movies. I didn't even bother rewatching some of these movies. But anyways, we're talking about... Uh, Plan 9. Plan 9. Nice. So, bad acting. Bad directing. Uh, the, the set pieces are terrible. Garbage. Um, there's, uh, there's a scene where cops are walking through a graveyard. You can literally see them kick over. One of the uh, styrofoam uh, headstones. Was that the movie where the cop had a gun in his hand and he kept like lifting up his hat with the gun and like scratching his face with the gun? <laughs> I think so. They were staying in the graveyard and he was like, "Well, I yeah. don't know." And he kept like using his gun to like do stuff. And I'm like, "Why is he doing that?" The movie also had a, a amazing introduction by Criswell. You are about to. I realize I'm yeah. just starting. Can- can your heart stand the I, shocking truth from, of Grave Robbers from Outer Space? Because Grave Robbers from Outer Space was the original title you, of the movie. And actually, the awesome background of the movie is that 
Um, the movie was funded by a bunch of uh, Baptists. Right, right, and, right. Uh, Ed Wood and the whole crew, none of them were like baptized. So they agreed to get baptized in order to get the movie funded. The things you do. And 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 the Baptists who funded the movies, they like Ed Wood convinced them that it was going to be like a propaganda film that was going to promote like their church and everything. And then they got Planet from Outer Space, and they were like super pissed off. I thought wasn't his excuse that they make that movie to make the money. Oh to yeah, make you're the right. Propaganda That's right. movie. That's right. That's what it was. Yep. That 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 movie was. The money that that movie made was gonna go back into making the baptism propaganda film. So, Alan, and that never happened, obviously. This movie is bad in a lot of ways, but why is it so good that it makes your top two? It's just a very inspirational movie because uh, Ed Wood is one of those directors where, for me personally, when, when it comes to making films, he didn't give a shit, and he wanted to make movies, and he fucking made movies. And nothing stopped him from making these movies. And even though they came out really terrible, it's just There's still people who love them. People love them. They're 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 bad in a very lovable way. Like you know what I mean? I mean all, most of these movies are like that on this list. That's why they're on the list. Yeah. I, but it's like it really is like the original best worst movie. It really is. And I think it's it's a punk rock do it yourself kind of spirit that really got this and every other Ed Wood movie made. And I think it's it's a it's a movie that launched a thousand more movies. How many Ed people Wood, saw Ed, uh, Ed Wood movies when I could do that? That's that's what I did. If I remember correctly, your catchphrase for many years was if Ed Wood can do it, I can do it. That is uh actually yeah, I say that all the time. And uh the man he just he would just like pump these movies out they would just like he would make him and like in like in like weeks and then bam they're out there because you only do one take he also refused to get like filming permits for any place so like any 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 scene that was like in like a city or like 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 urban area they would have to like set the camera as fast as possible shoot the scene and then run away before the cops <laughs> run came. away <laughs> with those giant cameras too oh, run away <laughs> it's also the, the the classic movie that describes uh, flying saucers as giant cigars, which I don't think anyone will ever understand that uh, analogy. I think giant cigar-shaped spaceships were popular, and I guess they just never bothered to change the dialogue to fit with what they ultimately made the ships look like. Yeah, they... I forgot, like, there's the rumors that they were, like, made from hubcaps, but I don't think that rumor was true. I just thought they were pie plates. Something like that, yeah. Huh. Huh. Well, it was ingenious either way. It worked. Oh, and also, uh, Edward had his hands on, like, a billion, like, pieces of stock footage. Oh, yeah, so, that's like, right. Half, half of the movie is also just stock footage. So it's, it's like, it's B-roll of Bela Lugosi, uh, and... Just a ton of stock footage, like military stock footage. Pull the strings. Pull the strings. Sorry, that's a different movie. That was that was but, Glenn or Glenda. But I always think of that. And then, like, Buffalo are running by, and you're like, why is this happening? Yeah, that one actually, I think, has more stock footage than Plan 9 did. It's a, you got to fill out that movie somehow. And then Bride of the Monster was a classic, too. We can talk about Monster. that one in the yeah. honorable mentions. I always preferred it by its original name, Bride of the Atom. All right, I'm done. Oh, yeah, yeah. That gonna, was the original title. I'm going to done be a pretentious douche. 
You know why? Because yeah. I want to talk about my number two. Talk about, about your number two. God damn it. Teased it earlier. My number two is Troll 2. Oh, shit. Alan, have you ever heard of the movie Troll 2? I have, actually. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but uh, it was my number four on the list. Mm, I immediately wiped it from my memory. So Troll 2 is the story. And I just do the yes, whole thing like we can't talk to... about it. So Troll 2. I'm going to go back to it. I have more I want to say do about it. it. So tro Troll 2 is the story of a family who goes on vacation to Nilbog, a rural town inhabited by zero trolls. Uh, also, the I boy the boy sees his dead grandfather for no reason. Oh yeah, forgot about that. He's, he's like a, just a ghost that he hangs out with. Yep, his best friend is his dead grandpa. You know, like any modern American boy. Uh, so so everyone in the town is secretly a goblin who wants to turn people into vegetables and then eat them instead of just eating vegetables. Yeah, and I, and I, I didn't think about that. And everyone drinks milk, which to me, honestly, is the grossest part because I hate milk. It just grosses me out. It's the more you know about Taylor. Yeah, it's a fact. I didn't like when I was a kid. Now I won't drink it because that's not your milk. That's for a cow. Are you a cow? No, don't drink that. I remember I made you try eggnog once, and you oh, were like, so "This tastes like bubble gum," and I had no idea what you meant by that. It was so thick and weird, and I cannot remember the taste of eggnog anymore. It's wiped from my mind. Uh, I fucking love eggnog. Bubble gum? Is, is that right at all? What? It doesn't really taste like bubble gum. No, it does not taste like bubble gum. <laughs> I don't know. I you said that, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Well, that's an interesting palate you have there, Taylor. I, uh... It tastes like eggnog. I don't know how to describe it. I would not describe it as tasting like bubblegum. <laughs> Alan, let's talk about classic Troll. scenes from Troll 2. Uh, probably one of the best scenes ever that's on, like, everywhere on YouTube is the one the one character with the glasses. I, yes. I don't remember. He, he notices the goblins eating one of his friends, and he, may, and he comes to the realization that he's also going to be eaten. <laughs> And he, he oh, says no. it out loud. Yeah. Oh no, they're eating her. That means they're also going to eat me. Oh my, oh my god. god. And he says, oh my god, and he holds it out for a hot minute. Oh, he holds it out and it zooms in on him. And then they do in fact eat him as well. Yes, but, he was correct in thinking that that was going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. My favorite scene is... Um, the neighbors keep giving the family food, and apparently if you eat the food, you... I think that turns you into a vegetable, or maybe a goblin? I don't yeah, remember. I think that the food was, like, uh, magically... Uh, some magic was done in the food to turn sure. into to plant people. Sure. So, dead grandpa tells the boy, don't let the family eat the food, so they're all sitting down for a nice big dinner. So Just destroys everything. He stops it the only way he can. He gets up on a chair takes out his dick and pees all over the food yeah that that is what happens i forgot that, that is what happens happen. that's what happens in this very does his dad movie. like beat him up with a belt no, his dad takes him to his bedroom and he goes to he looks like he's gonna take off his belt and you're like oh shit he's gonna beat the hell out of the kid and he's like dad what are you doing he goes i'm tightening my oh, belt because yeah. i didn't get to eat last night and he goes you can you can Piss on that, but you can't. You know what that was out there? That was hospitality. And you can't piss on hospitality. And I'm like, what does that mean? That guy, though, I mean, 
that actor was in the documentary. Yeah, the dad. And isn't he like? Isn't he like a dentist he's in a dentist. real life? He's a dentist. And he's like the nice. He's like the nicest guy ever. He's like super popular, and like he dresses up like the tooth fairy for like their yearly parade. It's a whole thing. He totally embraced his role to be like he loves that. He's in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, People love him, and and it's one of those cult movies that has a hardcore following for something that was a straight to d or vhs release you know yep that's another one of those movies like birdemic in the room where uh the director doesn't really the director doesn't really tour with a with a movie that much because he's not he's kind of he's he's, he's also he's, italian he's, he lives in he's Italy. a little yeah he's a little butthurt too yeah it, i think it's his fault a lot of it because these kids do these bizarre line readings yeah, he okay. The reason why the movie is so weird is because it's it was written and directed by an Italian man, and the movie is his vision of what of how he thinks Americans act. Yeah, and that just and puts it through a very strange wrong. prism. I think the room is like that a lot too. This is how people are, but Tommy Wiseau's an alien and he doesn't know that, so everything is through his. It weird didn't come off prism. as bad in the room though, for because at least at least Tommy actually lives in America. He's, so he yeah. and he and he watched a lot of American films. So he like yeah he had a better I like understanding of how Americans act, but it was still a little off. It's still a little off. I think it's, like, it, it was definitely more off in Troll Two though. I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because just everything people say is not something someone would say. Or do. he watched a bunch of eighties movies, eighties teen movies, <laughs> and he based like the entire movie around that. I could see that. Like every single '80s like film cliche is in that movie somewhere. It's just, it's just so bizarre, and it's like yeah, there's the big weird things like guys and bad like midgets and rubber masks. Yeah, that's clearly bad. But just the most basic things like I need to buy a thing from the store, and none of it makes sense or goes right. Yeah. However, if there's one thing I know, it's that Nilbog spelled backwards is goblin. It's. I want to go to Nilbog. Is I, that like wh- what? Where did they actually film that movie? Like, oh, I don't know. It looked like bumfuck nowhere. It was literally yeah, it was some middle of nowhere town that no one would ever want to go visit. A lot of the cast was like. Did they explain kind of why? Did they explain why that like, why they chose to go on vacation there? I don't remember that whole back backstory i do not recall if there was a backstory they just decided to go with this town <laughs> it seems like a place like your car would break down and you'd get stuck there but i think they purposely went because they rented that house they were in yeah it was like a like a airbnb almost type situation okay refresh my memory i prepared for this quite some time ago at some point does ghost grandpa beat someone to death with a fire extinguisher I do not remember. That might have been a fever dream I had. I hope that's in the movie. <laughs> well, kids, to find out, go I'm ahead and watch Troll I'm, 2. I'm going to rewatch it. I'm going to rewatch it's it. On, it's on YouTube, so... I'm going to it tonight. Oh, yeah. For the listener, Troll 2. Hit it up. You will definitely not be disappointed with that movie. All right, Alan, are you ready to do number one? Oh, uh, oh yeah. I'm super ready. Did you... I have just realized that we got our breaks wrong and we didn't do them correctly, but that's okay. Doesn't, who cares? I just I'm like, wait, we're a format show and we fucked up. Doesn't matter. Alan, what is your best worst movie? The best worst movie. Um, the mo- okay. Disclaimer: the movie is is meant to be a comedy, 
but I still think it belongs here. It is a classic film. I know you've seen it, Taylor. We saw it on the big screen. It is a little film called, and uh, forgive me if I, my pronunciation of this, Os Trapelhos na Guerra das Planetas, a.k.a. The Tramps in the Planet War. Oh, my AKA, God. Brazilian AKA Star Wars. Brazilian Star Wars. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. Did you, not, did you forget about that movie? I forgot entirely about that movie. We saw that at a New Year's Eve party because we were a bunch of dorks who had nothing oh, better to do on New Year's. We, were we went to a screening dorks. of... It was a screen of the Star Wars Holiday Special followed by the Brazilian Star Wars. Which it's The English translation is Tramps in the Planet War. But it's fast <sighs> oh, known as the Brazilian Star Wars. And it is a train wreck of magic. It It is magic. It captures it, everything Star Wars should have been. <laughs> I've seen so many movies in the theater. Like, thousands of movies. This was the most fun experience I've ever had at a theater. Ah, I remember laughing out loud, making fun of it as it was happening, and just a few I was few laughing moments. so hard. Like, it's one of those movies where you laugh so hard that you feel like you're going to die. Like, it hurts that that bad. I just remember slapping each other. Did you see that? Did you hear that? Did you hear what he just said? The best said? thing is... Well, okay, it's it's in um it's a Brazilian film, so it's not in English. But so there's English subtitles, but the subtitle translations are really terrible, which adds to the <laughs> badness of the film. Like there's a scene where they're in like a disco and one of the guys says, Man, there's more women than people here. Which I don't know if that's what he said, but that's what the it, subtitle that is, That's what the subtitle said. <laughs> I remember the the tramps are tied up and the Darth Vader character is is coming up to him and he points at them and he goes seize them and I'm like they're seized they can't yeah, get any more they're seized literally, they're literally tied up and there's like like there's like uh, missiles underneath them because like you don't want to fall on the missiles that'll hurt you apparently I guess okay before, that's how missiles work I, as far as I know it, I learned everything about missiles there's from also, Star Wars. There's also like a scene where where a giant spider attacks and it's just like a, there's a lizard. shot of a it's just a shot of a tarantula on like a screen is them standing in front of the screen. Yeah. And like the one of the characters shakes his dick at the tarantula. Yeah, they're running away, they get off screen, one guy comes back, shakes his dick at him and then runs off. Yeah. Okay. Before we go any more off the rails, would you like to explain what Brazilian Star Wars is? Okay, where to begin? As best you can. It stars these four um, Brazilian comedians. Uh, Brazil, obviously, it's, it came out in 1978, so it was literally one year after Star Wars came out. So it was fresh. It was a fresh parody. Uh, these four uh, Brazilian comedians known as the Tramps in English, and they're considered the Brazilian Three Stooges. And they've made tons of, like, really terrible parodies of other movies like they did they did a wizard of oz one for example yeah and so it's a it's the plot of this movie is uh, they open up where they're in like uh uh they're on they're on these cars and they're in a chase they're being chased by like gains or something because they stole they stole something i don't remember exactly and they escape and then they have a campfire and they go to sleep, but then like a turtle <laughs> bomb walks by. <laughs> it's like a turtle with a with like a like a wick on top of him burning, and I don't remember where that came the story, but that happens. And then they wake up and a ship lands, and then this character who is clearly like a cross between Luke Skywalker and Han Solo comes out. That's right. And 
they have like a ten foot tall man in a, in a really crappy Chewbacca costume with him. And they take them to an intergalactic disco. Yeah, they, yeah, like they go they so go to uh, this desert planet, which is like their version of Tatooine, and it's it's the whole soundtrack is all disco music. So there's no epic John Williams score. It's just really crappy generic disco music. It'd be like if the whole like and it's like the Cantina band almost. It's like doo, doo, yeah, doo, 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 doo. and if instead that was the of whole movie. It, instead of lightsabers, everything is done in uh, martial arts. It's like all like kung fu, karate, mm, yep, fighting. Uh. And the scenes go on for way too long. Like there's a there's a fight scene that takes place in like the little desert town where like you know these these, these huts that are supposed to be people's houses are like could fit one person. Yeah. Oh, it's like literally literally just one person in these in these tiny ass huts. And there's and there, and everything's in fast motion like freaking Benny Hill style, and <laughs> people are being thrown around and just like this fight scene goes on for like ten minutes straight. Jeez. With really wacky disco music playing in fast motion. It's like this Darth Vader and spandex coming up. Like, oh no, here comes Darth Vader. Even the Darth Vader at one point, the Darth Vader character wears his helmet on backwards, and it looks like he has like like has a bonnet on. It's so. You remember that? I do remember that. I just, I can't believe I forgot about this movie. It's been missing in my life for all these years. It wasn't there a scene where there was like a decoy version of the Darth Vader or whatever, and he was like. Uh, did he like melt like wax or something like that? Where they they killed the movie is so so out there that I yeah. can't even like even after just watching it you, you immediately forget things that have happened in that movie. And nothing in the movie so makes ridiculous. sense. There's no linear point. It's, it's really hard to stuff follow happening. Yeah, and it doesn't help it's, that it's in Portuguese. Portuguese, kung fu, Star Wars references what more could you want music. what more could you want yeah that's what you're looking for in a movie portuguese kung fu star wars and i'm surprised that's not as popular as like the turkish star wars the turkish star wars movie seems to be way more popular of a bad movie i have not seen that i've heard of it that one actually actually literally like rips off footage like from star wars like they use like uh like actual like establishing shots from star wars mm-hmm. one yeah, it's 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 worse. Like it's not. I, Brazilian Star Wars, I think, is more watchable, which is why I think it's a better movie. Which you think is a better movie, you know, language barrier aside. Uh, Brazilian Ameri- Star Wars or oh god, I can't remember. Oh god, my brain's blanking out. What's the one with brick hard cheese? Turf uh, muscle jaw. Oh god, it was an MST. This is killing me. Space Mutiny. Oh, yeah, that one. I honestly would watch Brazilian Star Wars before watching that one. Really? Just because of how ridiculous it is. That's fair. You know what? I I think by itself, without adding anything, Brazilian Star Wars is hilarious. I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. It's got to be. pretty sure it's on YouTube. It's got to be. Just look up Brazilian Star Wars or the Tramps on the Planet War. Or its actual title, which is extremely long and difficult to pronounce. I didn't know what you were doing when you started that. I was like, yeah, I was saying the whole what? T- I was saying the actual release title of the movie. That's fair. You did your research. Os Trapelhoes Negero Dos Planetas. I got as far as Dos Planetos, and I went, okay, you, that did, did sounds you? familiar. Yeah. All right. Are you ready we for saw my... the theater, and it was awesome. It was. Go you see it. Definitely watch that. Watch it. Uh, it'll blow your mind. 
your mind will be blown and nothing else. All right, are you ready for my number one? Yeah, what's what's uh, what's your number one? My number one, I didn't know was a bad movie until I showed a bunch of people and they were like, that movie Ooh. was really bad. And I was like, oh, what? I thought that was a good movie. I I was apparently wrong. So I'm we'll, excited for this. I'm going to leave it up to you guys. You can watch it on YouTube. My movie is Six String Samurai. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched that one since college. Oh, I have it on DVD. It's amazing. I wish they put it out on Blu-ray. I think, yeah, that's a, that's a movie that is, I feel like, supposed to be kind of... It's definitely it's supposed the, to be campy. It's on the level of, yeah, where it's that's that, that the baddest is kind of meant to be there. Yeah, and I thought that was obvious. It's like, yeah, it's a little campy. It's a little it's funny, but they're like... People I watched were like, why did you make us watch that? So I honestly don't remember much about that. Except that there was like a Buddy Holly character. Yep. So, Six String Samurai from 1998 is about a post-apocalyptic kind of retro future 50s world. Imagine like Fallout. It has to have like a kind of a Mad Maxian. Yeah, it's like a Mad Max tone to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Basically, the bomb got dropped in the 50s on America, and everyone got weird. So, so I'll, Fallout. I'll, it's basically Fallout. Yeah, ninety-eight. Well, that was that was after the first game. So, Elvis is the last king of Las Vegas, and oh, he yeah. dies, and without naming a successor. So all these rock and rollers across fifties desolation America are trying to get to Las Vegas to become the new king of rock and roll. And it's honestly a badass plot. It's a great plot. It's and a we, badass plot. And we follow Buddy Holly himself, who plays a, you know, 53 a, red hollow body. It Buddy Holly. It was Buddy Holly. Right, gotcha. Uh, they call him Buddy in the movie. So, he's a samurai who also plays a guitar, runs into a kid. The kid follows him, and he's too cool to hang out with this kid, and he keeps trying to dump him off. And there's all, it's a great world that it creates that rock and roll becomes like the currency of of the post-apocalyptic world it really does just remind you of mad max yeah and think of all the it's characters it's very mad maxian very you know he goes to a uh, what's left of a bar and uh he runs into the red elvises do you remember that band Oh, oh, yeah, they did the soundtrack for the film. They're a real band. Didn't they do the soundtrack for the film? They did. They played the Westcott Theater like 20,000 times. Yeah, they played the bar down the street from me every year, and I always go see them, me and three other people, and that's it. So they're a Russian surf rock band. That's it. I don't have anything better to say about it. They have funny <laughs> They have funny outfits. They're a they have a giant tr- like triangle-shaped guitar or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. It's like a weird The only song I remember thing. is the one where it's like they, they reference Pink Floyd. Oh, and we're going to smoke this joint till we sound like Pink Floyd. Yeah, and they play the guitar bit of Shiny Crazy Diamond. Yep. Do, the do-do-do-do. All yeah. right. So, Buddy the Samurai has this kid with him that he kind of has to protect, which is like a Kurosawa thing. It's it's Wolf and Cub. It's Lone Wolf and Cub. Mm-hmm. And it really pulls from great samurai movies, and he keeps running into these weird aspects of American culture, like the, the 50s Leave it to Beaver family still kind of exists, but they're clearly cannibals. 
I think it's a perfect movie. I think it's a perfect movie. I think it's a great movie. I think everyone else is wrong. I haven't seen it in so long, but I remember really enjoying it. There's a, a there's like a radio that plays in the background. And there's a Wolfman Jack character who's like, which one of you guys is gonna come on down to Las Vegas and become the new king? Oh, woo. Wolfman Jack. It's super cool, and I think everyone should watch it. And the people who said it was bad are wrong, but it is very campy and it is very weird. It's very understandable why people would think it's a bad movie. I think if you go into it expecting what we've come to expect with you know Marvel movies and, and everything being a $50 billion movie, you're not going to get that. Oh, yeah, no, no, definitely not. But because it's so low budget, I think it leaves room for, you know, a Soviet army that's lost in the desert and, and cavemen and killer bowlers and a cannibal subterranean Cthulhu monster and, and, and then death himself. And uh, when I say that it's very Mad Maxian, uh, I want people to envision more like the Road Warrior, not the Fury Road. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which Fury Road's a, a fucking amazing movie. Great movie. But quality-wise, I'm envisioning like go back and watch the Road Warrior. Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, Alan, that's all I have to say about that. Definitely <sighs> gotta rewatch that one. You gotta rewatch it. It's on YouTube for sure. I, I recommend people watch that. All right, everything's buddy. on YouTube. We'll come to a close. Those are five. Do you uh, do you have any honorable mentions you want to talk about? Um, yeah, I got a few. Nah, hit me up. Uh, do you remember uh, the movie Terror of Tiny Town? Is that the one where it was an entirely midget cast? It was a it was a Wild West movie, uh, featuring all little people. Yeah. Yeah, and it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Did they get the one of the midgets thing drunk? Is though, okay. What was that? This one of the midgets like drinking a giant beer. That's all I remember from it. Yeah, there's like there's like an alcoholic midget that keeps reappearing throughout the movie. Well, they were all alcoholics. They're midgets. Yeah, one of the funniest things though about that movie is that it takes place in a universe where it's all midgets and just midgets. They're the only people that exist in this world. Yet, all of the scenery is built for normal sized people. <laughs> <laughs> you know so you watch, they're, in, they're, they're, they're in this normal sized bar and like this guy like just watch them having to like climb up over steps that are made for like giant people <laughs> and like you guys created this world why why is nothing to your scale they're like, why did we do this <laughs> like even like all, all all the doorknobs and the doors are like are like <laughs> like up there like where like their foreheads are like it's like that high up yeah they gotta reach up to get the doorknobs that is that is a fair point. Like it would make sense if it was in a world where there were also normal sized people, but this movie they made sure that you know that this is that tiny town is literally the entire world is just tiny people. <laughs> what what else you got? Um remember uh Time Chasers? Time Chasers. Oh, was that with uh Jack Death? No. No, it was um that was an MST2K episode. Death and this guy invents a time machine out of his airplane. It's this really dorky guy with like a butt chin and like a mullet and glasses. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a crazy. He goes. It's just a crazy time travel movie. And I didn't put it on my. I, I thought I put it on my list, but I didn't put it on my list because I could barely remember anything about it. But I remember loving every minute of it. Mm, I'm gonna have to check that out. That's an MST. It's an MST Time Chasers. It's one of my favorite episodes of that. I'm gonna have to check that out. I don't think I, I've never watched it without the MST 
I've only watched the Abyssin 2K version of it. It's hard with a lot of the bad movies you see on it, because they're prop like Manos the Hand excuse me, Manos Hands of Fate is almost unwatchable. That one I cannot watch that movie. I I, I can barely even watch the Abyssin 2K episode of that one. Did you say they found a uh a film reel of Manos, but it wasn't all corroded and shit, and like it makes the movie like a hundred times better. Serious? Yeah, they said that like how all the lighting's so bad and you can't see anyone. It's actually because it, the film was corrupted. Wasn't it shot on like what, what like an eight millimeter camera and or something like that? They shot and, eight millimeter and they blew it up to thirty two. Yeah, and all the the camera could only capture scenes thirty seconds at a time. Which is why no scene goes on for longer than 30 seconds in that movie. Oh, that makes sense. Hmm. Makes sense. And I think I think all the editing was done. Like, they shot... I think they shot everything in order. Oh, God. Because they did... It was, literally, the editing is just, like, whatever they got in film was the movie. Oh, Jesus. Something, it was something like that. Something ridiculous like that. That movie is so hard to watch. Okay, I've got one for you. Let's see if you remember this. Okay. Well, 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 if it isn't Hawk Jones. Oh, my God. I actually thought about putting Hawk Jones on here. Hawk Jones is a gritty cop Honestly, movie I with probably should children. put that on there instead of Wicker Man. Hawk Jones. I haven't seen it in forever. And I have two copies of it on DVD. I have the original release, and then the guys that made it released a like 20th anniversary release where they uh, – they did it uh, in the biggest quotes I can make with my fingers, uh, a remaster. Ah. It's barely remastered. They, like, changed some of the gun animations to look more like real gun animations. Oh, that's right, because whenever Cause they shot it, the gun, it would say, like, bang. Yeah, in the original movie, they would shoot the guns, and then, like, like, like a little comic book bang exclamation would shoot off from the end of the gun. And in the remaster, you actually get, like, actual gun flares. Huh. But that's it. That's basically all they changed. That doesn't make me feel better. But yeah, Hawk Jones, for anyone who has not seen it, which is probably most people because it's a very obscure movie. <laughs> I think I think you only know about it because I discovered it. Yeah, I showed you, you. You, you showed me, and for a few years, I thought I had dreamed it. Like, I kind of forgot about it until... It's, it, it's a crime drama starring children. Only and children. Only children. It's, this, it's like Terror of Tiny Town. It's the... Yeah. It's, it's, it's literally children. It's just this Same. hard-boiled eight-year-old... And it's like, it's like, um, what's the movie I'm thinking of? Um, the the Mel Gibson, Danny Glover. Oh, uh, Lethal um, Weapon. It's it's like the Lethal Weapon of, but with children. Yeah, it really is. Like that same kind of movie. The score is like the same, which is that. It's an 80s cop movie. Yeah. A lot of saxophone music. Yep. Yeah. All done by. Uh, but yeah, yeah the, the best line in the movie is the villain. Uh, when Hawk Jones shows up, he's like. Oh, well, 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 if it is a Hawk Jones. Oh, and there's oh, the uh, no. grandfather clock again. Oh, no. <laughs> Sweet. How often does that go off? Every 10 minutes? Every hour. Oh, that means we're coming to a close. Oh, yeah. Let's just I sit here and enjoy it. It's really... Oh, going for a second verse. All right. It's funny because it's a really fancy clock. But instead of having an actual, like, bell inside of it, it's a really crappy, like, cell phone ringtone sound bell. Yeah, and you know when when that was made, they were like, this is going to be the coolest shit ever. Yeah. But no, it's just really annoying. Oh, thank God it stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hawk Jones. 
Hawk Jones. I, I should have put that on my list. I, someone, I was at a party and someone was talking about Hudson Hawk, which I have actually never seen. And you, I that's, thought that's they the were talking Willis about movie, Hawk right? Jones. Yeah, it's Bruce Willis. But yeah. I thought they were talking about Hawk Jones. I was like, you know this? It's real? And then they thought I was crazy. And it's I had to pull up. Movie. There's a trailer on YouTube. I'm like, look, look, yeah. it's real. I'm not crazy. It's definitely worth watching. It is very entertaining. I think having YouTube would be a boon to us like when we were kids because we were finding the stuff in like dollar bins and thrift stores we didn't have the oh yeah dude like finding that. bad movies back then it was literally going with like thrift stores and because thrift stores always had like i don't even like really weird like used dvds that you have no idea how the other person whoever owned it before like where do they get this movie from you'd get like stuff at the thrift store that was clearly bought out of a blockbuster bargain bin Every time I go to a thrift store, I always see uh, DVDs of these. Uh, There's an animated film company called Good Times. Oh, the and fake Disney. And they really cheap. They really did yeah, the fake Disney. They would do really cheap versions of Disney cartoons. And there's like there's thousands of them. I had so many. Maybe of those not thousands. Kids. There's a lot. I had so many. But right. uh, yeah, Hawk yeah. Jones is great. Hudson Hawk is a fucking terrible movie. Don't, I, don't yeah. watch that. Movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you have any other ones, Alan? That was the only one I had on deck. Um. Besides, uh, I recommend checking out all of Ed Wood's movies. Oh, absolutely. Leonard Glenda, Bride of the Monster is great. Uh, Night of the Ghouls, which is, I think, uh, supposed to be a sequel to Bride of the Monster. Um, was Bride of the Monster the one where he fights the squid, the octopus? Yeah, and uh, Ed Wood literally stole the squid prop from uh, Hollywood Prop Studio. That's worth it, just that, yeah. to see that. And they also had stock footage of, of of the of the squid or octopus or whatever it was. I think it was an octopus. It was an octopus, yeah. And Bela Lugosi was like really sick during the making of this movie, and he like forced Bela Lugosi to get in this really cold like swampy pond to fight, just to roll around. And he's literally just rolling around with this crappy prop. Oh yeah, this fucking eighty-year-old morphine addict has to roll yeah. around with a you know it's uh, it's it's awful. It's awful and it's absurd and it's so good. Make Bella yeah. Lugosi's sacrifice worth it. You watch that I, movie. I actually watched Bride of the Monster probably more than Plan 9. Plan 9's kind of hard to watch. But Plan 9 made the list just because of its notoriety. Absolutely. Also, if you go later into Ed Wood's career, he also made pornos. So there's that. <laughs> With like, <laughs> did they have like guys in gorilla suits too? Like carrying around sexy ladies? Yeah, he, he, he did one called Orgy of the Dead. Hot. And... By porno, I mean they're like they're nudie dancing films. Yeah. There's no actual like sex in the movie. No. It's just women in weird costumes dancing with their boobies out. It's, it's kind of like a mix between a Skinamax movie and like a '60s beach party movie. Orgy of the Dead is hilarious because uh, that one actually has Criswell in it. <laughs> it was in Planet Nightmare Space. Oh, his career went downhill too, huh? And he tried it. Like Edward would actually try having a plot in these movies, be very mild, like like. I forgot the plot. No, I think Orgy of the Dead was like uh, a bunch of zombies came to life, but they were naked women, and that's all I can remember. Nice. And yes, I have seen it. Nice. Obviously, because I mentioned it. All right. That means we've only got one thing left to do, and that's something we call plugs. Alan, you're, you you want to plug some stuff? Sure. Uh, don't watch any of my movies because they're terrible. <laughs> Um, that's not what this is for. I, I released a new album that's uh, 
I think is pretty good All called right. Fuzzy. It's on uh, Bandcamp, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, pretty much everywhere. <laughs> if you send me a letter, I'll send you a CD. <laughs> Uh, if you catch and me in the I also, street, I'll hand it to you. I've also been doing a uh, web comic. Oh yeah, plug that. How can we Love find it. that? It's called Little Tidbits. It's uh, on Instagram at. Hold on, let me so you can get the. If you just uh, hash look up hashtag Little Tidbits, you'll find what the comics are there. Um, and also it's Little Tidbits dot the dash comic dot org. Weird. Just Google Little Tidbits comic and you'll find it. That's or good. just look me up, look up on Instagram. It's actually at little tidbits or little. Sorry, it's at little underscore tidbits. There you go. Um, and it's a really dumb, absurd, minimalist, simplistic, garbage, lazy comic. Oh, and for some reason, it's like the least effort I put into anything, but it's got the most recognition out of anything I've done. Uh, I gotta tell you, you put out so many. One in three makes me snort milk out of my nose. But you put out like three <laughs> a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there was a while there where, where, where I've 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 I put out less than I have been, but yeah, when I first started, I was doing like three a day because I was just inspired. You were inspired. You were bored. <laughs> I was bored. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but that's 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 a current thing that's still happening. You want to play the YouTube channel? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I rarely post on YouTube anymore. <laughs> All right. If well, you're gonna watch any, if you're gonna watch any of my movies, I did two films that Taylor stars in them. You don't have called Hawaii movies. Hawaiian Trip Tuesday and Silly Head Monday. If you're if you're gonna watch any of my garbage films, those are the two to watch. You know what? If you finish watching everything on both of our top fives, you can watch those. Honestly, I think my movies are better than some of those movies. Have I told you that? Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, have I told you that, that people will not watch those? There was a brief period where I was like, you guys want to see a movie? You got to see this. And they were like, no, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> no, sir. Like, I would watch uh, Silly Hat Monday over Birdemic. I would, too. Are you kidding me? So if you're going to watch any movie, watch that instead of Birdemic. Which there you go. List. You can find that on uh, Amazon. I think you can rent it on Amazon. It's free on YouTube. Fuck oh, Amazon. Fuck Amazon. Watch it. Why would you YouTube? buy my? Don't buy my movie. Just watch it. Shh, buy it. Buy it. Buy it. Listen, Honestly, I don't give a shit at all. I'm not making up money off this podcast. This is for you, buddy. Um, all right. I think I do have a YouTube, but it's not really not worth it. Not really worth it. You can find them. Search <laughs> Alan Ebula and see I exist. on Google. You'll find me. You'll find them. All right, Alan. This has been fun and a long time well, coming, buddy. I would like to uh, come back next time. I will. Uh, uh, be more um of a human being. Well, you're not coming back. Everyone has <laughs> one. I'll I mean. <laughs> be more of a human being. No, in fact, I demand you be less. I want an animal. I was gonna growl all the time. <laughs> Top five animal noises. Woo! I would totally. Do what are we gonna do? We, we were we were good doing April Fool's one, weren't we? We were, but it was the episode. I came out like a week bef- after april fools and i'm like Wait. it was we were gonna do like the top five top five list or something like that yeah and it's like that's stupid the ep- yeah but we we didn't have 10 top five episodes yet so we were like oh <laughs> i guess we're kind of out of those just uh, watch watch mojo uh, oh god no because they suck that that was a that they was do. a diss they do that was, that, that was meant to be a diss i didn't realize youtube started suggesting those to me and i'm like 
This seems familiar. All right. It's garbage. All right. It's been fun, buddy. It was fun, yes. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This is the Top 5 Podcast. Oh, God, i got to plug some. Follow us on Twitter at TopTheNumber5 underscore podcast. That's Top 5 underscore podcast. Keep rating. Keep subscribing. We might be changing over to a new format, but hopefully everything will stay the same for you guys. We will let you know. Yes. And thanks for sticking around in between seasons. I know it was a long break. Nobody died. Nobody died. R.I.P. Steve Roselli. All right, everybody. (laughs) All right. Thanks. Bye. See you later. Goodbye. (laughs)